Jesus has taught us to worship and petition our holy Heavenly Father with shameless persistence. You're listening to Wonder Lake Bible Church, building mature followers of Jesus Christ. Find us online at wlbiblechurch.org. Now, here's Pastor Dan Cox with today's message. As we were singing there today, Jerry spoke on several instances there about persistence. And that is a theme that we want to consider here today is persistence. Well, what do we mean by this term? What is persistence? Well, it means what? You keep going. You don't give up. You keep on keeping on, right? And so today we're going to touch on the topic of persistence in prayer. And I wonder, and I ask this not just of you, I ask this of myself as well at times. Are we too quick sometimes to give up in prayer? We're praying in something, we're not seeing that answer, and so we just think, well, I guess I pray, I guess I have my answer, and just quit and give up. Are we too quick to give up? I think I am sometimes, but God wants us to persist. Why does he want us to persist? We're going to look at that in our scripture text here today. But first, I saw this, uh, uh, one commentator said this about persistence in prayer. He said, it is the keeping on in prayer. It is refusing to give up, continuing firmly and steadily, especially in the face of opposition, difficulty, or interference. Persistence is remaining attached for a longer than normal time. It is stubborn, enduring, repeated, and of a lasting quality. Persistence in prayer. Do we quit? Do we give up too easily? I want to challenge us with what Jesus tells us today about persistence. Continuing then again our series, Unique, The Life, Death, and Resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is a harmony of the Gospels as suggested in this uh, outline of events by John MacArthur in One Perfect Life. Continuing here then today with Lord, teach us to pray. The topic of persistence, our text there in Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. So before we go any further, I'm going to ask you this question. So what? No, that's, that's at the end. So what's the big idea? So what's the big idea? What do I want us to take away from the message here today? It is this, that Jesus has taught us to worship and petition our holy heavenly Father with shameless persistence. He has taught us to worship and petition, to ask of him, our holy heavenly Father with persistence, shameless persistence even. Where we look at that text, a little context, the disciples has asked Jesus saying, Lord, teach us to pray. Now rabbis would teach their students prayers for them to recite. And certainly Jesus' disciples had that in mind. But I think, though, as I've said before, there's a little something more going on here. I think the disciples were impacted by watching how Jesus prayed and how it undergirded everything he did. And I think they wanted to learn how to pray like he does with such confidence and power and life-changing power. And so the Lord's Prayer, or the Disciples' Prayer, as it is called as well, should be understood then as an example or a pattern for how we should pray. 
It gives us some of the ingredients that should go into prayer, as well as an encouragement then for us to persist in that. We're told in Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 1, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And so he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend? And go to him at midnight, and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So he said, the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. And I would pray that that would be the desire of our hearts as well, that we would say to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us here at WLBC to pray, just as you taught your disciples to pray. We've seen in this text here, worship, petition, and then today, persistence. Worship is what? We are declaring and we are praising God's infinite worth. Petition, we are bringing our requests to God. But then persistence, we never quit. We keep on coming boldly to God. We worship our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. His name represents who he is, all of who he is, his character and everything. We're saying he is holy. He is to be revered and honored. Petition, a solemn supplication or request then to a superior authority. And there is no more superior authority than the Lord of the universe, is there? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That God tells us here that we are to align our hearts, our minds and wills with his will and desire that his will be done in our hearts, in our world, just as it is done in heaven to give us day by day our daily bread, to acknowledge our need for him, to seek that. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who are indebted to us. That is a restoration of fellowship with him when we have sinned then. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, a plea for help in achieving victory over sin 
and a request for protection from the attacks of the devil. Today, then, we want to focus then on persistence, persistence. We said, he said to them, which of you shall have a friend? And go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, don't trouble me, the door is shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. But I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. First off, when we read that story, there's a little parable, parable that Jesus is telling here to emphasize the need or the desire on the part of God for us to persist, to not quit, to not give up in prayer, but to continue to come before him, to seek him then. In this parable, a, a, a traveler has arrived late at night and the host doesn't have any bread for his weary friend. You know, as we read that, we think it's a little strange. Like, what is this guy doing showing up at his friend's house at midnight, right? That, doesn't it seem a little odd that a friend comes at midnight showing up and say, hey, I'm here. That seems a little weird, doesn't it? But think about it for just a minute. In those days when you traveled, did you, uh, did you jump in your car, in your nice uh, air-conditioned uh, car and drive somewhere? No, what did you do? You, you walked, right? And in that, it was hot. And so sometimes people would travel. They wouldn't travel in the heat of the day, but they might wait until the evening. So they would travel when it was cooler in the evening. And so, yeah, you might have your guest who shows up late at night because they were traveling in the cool of the evening. And, of course, hospitality was very important. We didn't have, you didn't have cars then, but you also didn't have hotels. You didn't have Holiday Inns or Radisson's or things like that. What do you do? So what? You were, there were some inns, but there weren't many, as, uh, and there wasn't a whole lot of room there, as Joseph and Mary found out in one occasion, right? And so when you went, you were dependent on the hospitality of someone in that village or that town where you went. And so here is this friend. He arrives. It's very late at night. He's hungry. And as it turns out, the host, he's all out. He doesn't have enough bread for them. And so he goes to his neighbor next door. He's like, hey, can I borrow some bread? And then he gets a strange reply. It looks a little strange to us, it seems. right? He says, no, we're in here. My children, we're all in bed. Now, this was probably a family that would have this very modest home for this poor family, it's a one-room home. And so there they are. They're all in this room. They're all together in this one small section there. So if you're going to get up and get bread and do all that, what? You're going to disturb. You're going to disturb the kids. You're going to disturb the family. Everything. And so he says, look, yeah, we're, we're all in for the night here. I don't want to do this. But what? He keeps knocking. Right? He won't go away. See, now he could have just said, well, oh, sorry, sorry to bother you, and go away, but he didn't do it. He what? He, he was persistent. And so the friend, I have to admit, the friend probably did not have the most loving thoughts or feelings in his heart at that point, right? But what does he do? Because of the persistence, he gets up and gives this other friend the bread that he needs then. Now this parable then demonstrates the eagerness of God to respond to our prayers and to give us what we need. It's been called, it's an, it's an argument from the lesser to the greater. 
an illustration here of from the lesser to the greater, that Jesus is saying, Jesus is not saying that God the Father is like that grouchy neighbor who doesn't want to get up, right? He's saying, in fact, this grouchy neighbor, even the grouchy neighbor will get up because of the persistence, the grouchy neighbor. Well, how much more so will our heavenly Father, who is not a grouch, get up and give us what we need when we persist, right? If even that grouchy neighbor will do it, how much more so will the heavenly Father give us what we need? And so this parable then is all about the persistence, the persistence of this friend in asking his neighbor for what he needs for this bread. That's where we get this word persistence. He says because he persists, the word there in that original language is anadea, anadea. And it means, it's sometimes translated to be importunate or persistent to the point of even being shameless. Like, really? Still? You're still shamelessly persistent? You just won't quit? You won't give up? And what did you say there, Shane? Here's your bread, now go away. Here's your bread, now go away. Right, Exactly. Well, yeah, if even then, if that neighbor's, all right, fine, here's your bread, go away. How much more so when we persist, shamelessly persist? Really? You're still praying that? You're back again, right? But again, it's not that God is bothered by us. Not at all. But he tells us, like, look, even if the person who's bothered will give how much more so will your heavenly father who's not bothered by you be eager to give to you well why then then why should we persist well we're going to get back to why why doesn't god just give it right away well i think there's reasons and we'll look at that in a bit here but he wants us to have that kind of attitude of this shameless persistence jesus tells another parable in luke chapter 18 Again, to illustrate this, it says in Luke 18, verse 1, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? See again here, an argument from the lesser to the greater. If even this unrighteous judge who doesn't want to be bothered anymore by this widow's persistent, shameless persistence, if he then will give this widow what she asks, 
How much more so will God? Because God is not like that unjust judge. Even if that unjust judge will give the woman justice, how much more will the judge of the universe give justice to his people? Now his answer may not always seem speedy, but in the light of eternity, it certainly is a speedy answer, isn't it? Absolutely. And so speaking of this persistence, not quitting, not giving up, and this argument from a lesser to the greater, look what else Jesus says there. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? These words, ask, seek, and knock, in that original language of the text there, that those verb tenses is called a present continuous tense, which means the idea is not ask once, seek once, knock once. We might translate it ask and what? And keep asking, keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. By the way, how would you like me to just keep doing this through the whole sermon? Would that be, that'd be really bothersome, wouldn't you? That'd be, really annoying. that'd be really annoying, wouldn't it? But that's the picture, though. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking, right? Is that what your prayer life looks like? Hmm. I have to admit, mine does not always look like that. Sometimes it's more like this. Nope, okay, got to go, right? (laughs) But that's what God wants us to do. And then he promises, whoever asks, receives. Whoever seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. I know some of us might be thinking here, wait a minute, does this mean if I just keep on asking and I'm persistent, God will give me what I want? Within his will, right? That is critical for us to understand. Within what God wills. If God is asking for something that he knows is not good for it, no matter how good it may appear to us, because he is good, he's not going to give it to you or me, Right? So there may be things that we 
may persist in, and God is not going to do what we want. It is not within his will. But that doesn't mean that he will not respond, or he may not, in fact, give us then. He may give us something better, even than what we were asking, right? The answer may be no. The answer may be wait. The answer may be, I've got something better. The point is, is we have a, a heart attitude, though, of what of persistence, continuing to believe in the goodness of our Heavenly Father and His willingness to answer. So whoever asks, receives. Whoever seeks, finds. To him who knocks, it will be open. One commentator said this about this, ask, seek, knock. He says, note the, the different senses that are being considered here. Asking is what? Verbal. We're using our mouths to ask of God. We're to use our mouths to petition God for our needs, express our heart's desire. But also seeking, that is, believers are to seek with their minds. That is more than asking. It is thinking hard about it. It is a setting of priorities and a focusing of our thoughts and our hearts. And finally then, knock involves physical movement, one in which the Christian takes action. So we're asking, it's coming out of our mouth. We're seeking, we're thinking about it. We're focusing our heart's priorities but then knocking, we're, we're doing something. Everything about that, you know, sometimes when we pray, praying doesn't just mean we put it up there before God and then sit back and wait for him to do it all, right? Sometimes it's you and me taking action. That's the knocking, taking action, right? And once again, we see this argument here from the lesser to the greater. I know we have a lot of parents here, if your child asked, was hungry and asked for bread, would you go out and just get a big rock or stone instead of bread? Of course not, right? You wouldn't do that. If they asked for a fish, would you give them a serpent? Of course not. If they asked for an egg, would you give them a scorpion? We do that what? That's wicked and cruel. No, you wouldn't do that. And then Jesus says something that might offend certain modern sensibilities, but here goes. He says what? If you then, being evil, know how to give, give good gifts, how much more does your heavenly Father, right? So what's, what offends our modern sensibilities? Being called evil? But we, compared to God, we are, aren't we? We are evil compared to God. And if evil human beings desire to give good gifts to their children, how much more so does our Heavenly Father? Do you believe that about God? You know, this is a walk, our faith is what? It's from faith from beginning to end, right? We are brought into right relationship with God through faith. We grow through faith. We hold on to the end through faith. 
Our faith is in Christ and his perfect life, his substitutionary death, his resurrection. Our faith then is in the promises of God and in the character of God. Do you believe God is good? So if you and I who are evil know how to give good gifts, how much more so does God, the good God? So he says, if you know how to give good gifts, how much more the Heavenly Father will he give good gifts or the Holy Spirit, Luke has it, to those who ask him? Well, the Holy Spirit is God's highest and best good gift that he could possibly give us. If we have Jesus, if we have his salvation, if we have the Spirit, the Spirit within us and working within us, we don't need it. That's the greatest good we have is the blessing of God's Holy Spirit within us and working within us, right? If he will give us himself, the Holy Spirit, he will certainly not withhold from us anything that we need. So what is your prayer like? Is it the one and done? Or is it more like this? Remind us, persistence in prayer. Again, it is the keeping on in prayer. It is refusing to give up, continuing firmly and steadily, especially in the face of opposition difficulty or interference persistence is remaining attached for a longer than normal time it is stubborn enduring repeated and of a lasting quality so this is how god wants us to pray to be persistent to not quit to not give up why Why does God tell us to do this? Why does God desire for us to pray persistently, to not give up? Why doesn't he just answer us right away? Well, you know, sometimes God does answer right away, doesn't he? Sometimes it's amazing. Have you ever had that experience where it seems like you just barely got the words off your lips and boop, there it was. I've seen God do that. Looking at someone right now, something we prayed together, and God answered that prayer uh, before we even knew it, and the next morning we had our answer, didn't we, Maureen? You're probably wondering, what is he think? But you probably know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah. Sometimes God's answer does come right away. But other times we have to wait. He wants us to be persistent, Right? I think I heard one answer. What did you say there just a moment ago, Pam? Yeah. There's some things that need to change first. Maybe there's some circumstances that need a little time to develop and to change. Or maybe the change needs to happen where? In us. Right? So why? Why doesn't God just answer right? Why does he tell us, keep praying? Persist. Well, I said there may be any number of reasons for that, but I want us to think here just uh, on briefly on, on six possible reasons 
Six possible reasons why God may delay answering. And he desires instead for us to persistently seek him. Don't quit. Don't give up. One is, is through persistence, not quitting, not giving up. It demonstrates reliance on God. It's acknowledging our need for him and our reliance upon him. It's acknowledging faith. And what does scripture tell us? Faith does what? Faith pleases God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And by persisting, it's acknowledging our dependency and it's demonstrating faith in him and God is pleased by our faith. So that may be one reason is it's demonstrating reliance and faith on God. Another reason is this. Persistence over time helps us to recognize the work of God and give him the glory. So I got a little news for you. You know, like even in prayer and persistence in prayer, life is not all about you. It's not all about me. Life isn't about us. Who is life about? God. But when life becomes about God, our lives are are greatly enriched and enhanced, aren't they? (laughs) But life isn't about me. It's not about you. It's about God. And so persistence in prayer brings glory to God as we recognize and can see over time just how God is working. When it takes time, we see the various ways. Pam spoke a moment ago, the things that need to work out and change, and we can watch and see how God is working and changing in things, and that brings glory and honor to him. So it helps us then to recognize the work of God and give him the glory. It is also possible... It may have been the case with me on on an occasion or two, and maybe for you too, but we might be asking out of selfish motives. And the discipline of persistence may reveal this to us, and God may work in that then to remove that selfish motive and purify our motives. We said about God working change. Sometimes the change needs to be on the outside in circumstances or in other people's hearts. But sometimes that change needs to come from within. And maybe that change is our selfishness needs to be redirected. Maybe God wants to give us what we're asking for, but he doesn't want to give us to us then because our attitude is wrong. We're selfish. And he needs to change our heart so that we receive it in the right heart. How many of you know giving a child exactly what they want all the time is a really bad idea, right? Yep, you create little monsters, right? God knows that, and they grow up to be big monsters, right? But what if maybe it's something that you you do want to give your child that, but you know... They're not ready to receive it yet. God knows that's true of us as well, doesn't he? So persistence then changes and molds our hearts and our minds to be ready to receive God's answer. So why the delay? Why Why doesn't he just answer it? Well, it might be 
that it's demonstrating reliance and faith, and that pleases God. It may be that it helps us to recognize the work of God and give him the glory which he is due. It may be that we are asking out of selfish motives, and that needs to be changed or corrected in us. It may be that there are other issues in our hearts and minds that need to be changed so that we are ready to receive God's answer. Or how about this one? It may be that we are unwilling to pay the price involved in the answer to that prayer. And persistence helps us to see this and to face up to our part to pay that cost. Because, you know, sometimes God says, you know, that, that, that he intends to, to give us something to do that for us, but there's, there might be a cost. There's something that has, it's, it's going to cost you And we don't see that or recognize that. And through that persistence, God is working within us to prepare us for that. Because prayer isn't just always about we pray and then God does it all. Sometimes we need to be the own answer to our prayers, don't we? Not just God, bring someone to do that. Maybe you're the one God wants to use to do that, to work through that, right? So God may be working in your heart through that. But here is one, I, I saved this one for last. Uh, I think it may be that some we may be misinterpreting what God wants us to do in our lives. So maybe we have these things, these desires of our hearts, and, and I'm saying that they're bad desires in and of themselves, but God may have something else in mind that's actually better than that. But it may hurt us for a while until we realize that, yes, God is all wise and he was right. His answer is better than just giving me what I want or the desire of my heart. And so there is one of my favorite authors is J. Oswald Sanders. And he's speaking on this topic of why, why the delay in prayer. Why does God tell us to be persistent? And he quotes this poem by John Newton. Maybe you know that name, John Newton. He was a slave trader, but he was converted to Christ. He gave that up. He became a pastor, and he wrote a hymn that is probably the best-known hymn of all, which is what? Amazing Grace, right? Well, here is a, a poem that John Newton wrote on this topic of prayer and the things that we are praying for and seeking earnestly and wondering what is God doing and just listen to this it's a little older language here but 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 listen to what he says Newton says I ask the Lord that I may grow in faith and love and every grace might more of his salvation know and seek more earnestly his face It's a great prayer, isn't it? So so I asked the Lord of these things. He says, I hoped that in some favored hour, at once he'd answer my request. And by his love's constraining power, subdue my sins and give me rest. Instead of this, he made me feel the hidden evils of my heart. And let the angry powers of hell 
assault my soul in every part. Yea, more, with his own hand, he seemed intent to aggravate my woe. Crossed all the fair designs I schemed. (laughs) I love this. Blasted my gourds and laid me low. Here he is, he's asking for these wonderful things and what is God doing? He's showing him how evil his heart is. He's letting hell assault him and he's blasting his gourds. Isn't that a great picture? (laughs) Wow, that's not the answer he was expecting, I'm sure, right? Lord, why is this, I trembling cried? Wilt thou pursue thy worm to death? Tis in this way, the Lord replied, I answer prayer for grace and faith. These inward trials I employ from self and pride to set thee free and break thy scheme of earthly joy that thou mayst seek thy all in me. So Newton wanted to grow in faith and love and grace. He wanted more of his... He wanted to see God's face. And what did God do? Brought him to the very end of himself. Showed him the ugly truth about who he is apart from Christ. Allowed hell to assault him blasted his gourds. Why? So that he would see the truth and be set free from self and pride. Break that scheme of earthly joy. Not to find his joy in the things of this life or this world, but to find his joy first and foremost where? In God alone. Does this mean that God doesn't want us to find joy in the blessings of this life and relationship? Of course not, but it means what? Our joy is found first and foremost where? In him. You know, there's a lot of people that they spend their whole life seeking after all the things that they think are going to bring them happiness or bring them joy, and they never find it. Why? Because they're, they're looking in the wrong place. But sometimes as Christians, we can do that too, right? So here was this prayer. And why did God delay? Why did God answer it this way? Because he wanted to set him free from himself and to recognize that that there is no greater joy than the joy that is to be found in him. So Sanders says of this, God's dual method with his servant was to reveal to him the inherent evil of his heart so that he would be motivated to claim shamelessly from God the blessing he was then fitted to receive. I think this is one reason why God tells us to persist in prayer and not give up. So what? What are we to do with this? What's the big idea? Jesus has taught us to worship and petition our holy, heavenly Father, 
with shameless persistence. So I ask you, as I've asked before, which do you choose? Do you choose worry or worship? What do you want God to do? Then just ask. You think, why, are the, why, is, why is the A-S-K? Why is it? Here's a little thing that I find interesting. I've mentioned this before. But I love how we're told to ask, seek, and knock. Now, this didn't turn out. Now, the original language of the New Testament was not English, was it? So it does this. But I find it interesting, though, that in our English translations here, isn't it interesting that we're being told there what to ask, seek, knock? Isn't that funny? A, S, K. So remember that when you're going to pray, ask. But A, S, K, ask God. Ask God and keep on asking. Seek God him and keep on seeking knock and keep on knocking right be shamelessly persistent in your prayer and see what god will do now i'm going to warn you he may blast your gourds all right (laughs) i got my gourds blasted trust me i did but i don't regret what god has done in my life through that The scary part is when you know you might be headed for another round, but remember, God is good. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you that you are a good God, that you are worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our faith. Lord, may you receive all the glory in our lives and in this church. Be glorified in us. Be glorified in this church, Lord. May we persistently, shamelessly, persistently seek you that you would mold our hearts and our minds to desire your will, to be in alignment with your purposes. And Lord, I know it hurts. Sometimes we, we're, we're asking for something and, and, it's, and it's a good thing. But maybe there's some work that needs to be done first in our hearts. Maybe there's just some things that need to be changed in in, in the hearts of other people. Maybe there are timing matters. Or maybe, Lord, we need to be shown that perhaps it's actually a very selfish thing and you have something better for us. So, Lord, I pray that you would teach us to pray and that we would be persistent, that we would never give up. And we pray these things in the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information about Wonder Lake Bible Church, visit wlbiblechurch.org.